Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. This is the lamb Where's the lamb yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Innes, and this is episode 39. Welcome, welcome. Thank you all for joining me once again. It is just you and I this week. It always feels kind of weird to get back like on the mic by myself when it's been... Uh, you know, when I've had guests for a couple of episodes in a row, and then I'm still getting used to the whole new recording setup, not using Andrew's computer. Although, good news, it is finally fixed. So if I really do hate this whole record on my phone, right in the like podcast app situation, if I'm really sick of that, I can always go back to recording uh, in the living room, which is not ideal either. So, you know, we're, we're working through it. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the last couple of episodes with my guests. That's always really fun to talk to people and have uh, different perspectives on an episode. And it also forces me to get my schedule together and actually record because when I didn't have a guest this week, guess what? We procrastinated until the very last minute and we're recording this on Monday night again. And I am no longer caught up in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I guess I'm caught up because I'm not behind because I'm not releasing this late, but... I'm not ahead, which was my goal in October. So I don't know, guys. I think I might need to take a couple of weeks off for a couple of reasons. Just one is maybe to try and catch up and record a few episodes to get ahead. But also, you know, all right. So last year, this time last year, November last year, I got a really good Black Friday deal on Hulu. I think I probably mentioned that before where it's like $1 a month. Well, that's going to end soon. Um, I'm not going to be, I don't think they're going to grandfather me in at $1 a month for a whole another year. So I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm at a crossroads. I use Hulu way more in terms of TV for this podcast specifically, but in terms of actual like content that I want to watch and enjoy myself, I really enjoy Netflix, but you know, I, I will suffer for my art, so I think I'm going to have to cancel Netflix so that I can just keep Hulu when my price increases at the end of this month or whenever that will happen. So I think I want to take a couple of weeks off maybe to try and binge through a bunch of Netflix stuff that I just haven't had a chance to get around to. Uh, like I knew, know the new season of Great British Bake Off is airing, Bojack, the new season of Bojack Horseman dropped. I still haven't seen season four of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I can probably watch that on the CW app though. Also, my dad told me when I was home the other weekend that he is considering getting rid of DirecTV, which would cut off my access from all of these other television apps that I currently use just by using his login. So that's a whole nother issue that we're really just gonna hope and pray doesn't happen. I told him as much. I was like, please don't do that. Um, So... Hulu is probably my best choice, so I probably need to get rid of Netflix. So anyway, I think I might take a couple of weeks coming up here in the next few weeks. I will definitely let you know one way or another if I decide to, but I don't know. Don't all leave me. Come back. Wait for me, please. That's like my biggest fear about taking a week off is I just think my entire audience will desert me. So that's why I never, I try to never do it. Sometimes it happens, but I don't like to do it. 
All right, on to some lighter news, some better news. I do have a new podcast. I think um, I mentioned this in last week's episode. I think I was able to slip that announcement in before the actual episode started. Uh, My first episode of my new podcast, Decom and Carry On, is out. Me and my friend Raquel talk about Halloween Town. It's really fun. Um, It's just going to be a podcast that comes out maybe once a month, maybe whenever I feel like it. Um, Just about like my favorite Disney Channel original movies. That is supposed to be be available on Apple, Stitcher, Google, etc. very soon. It's been like over two weeks now, less than two weeks, I don't know exactly. But it hasn't happened yet, so I'm a little bit concerned about that. But you can definitely listen to it on Anchor, and it is on Spotify. So give it a listen. I hope you enjoy, and I will update everyone whenever it gets put out on all of the other standard podcast platforms. Um... I think that's it in terms of announcements. My birthday is next week. The next time you hear me, the next episode that will drop is going to be on my birthday. So uh, if you want to give me a birthday present, the best thing that you could get me is a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and all of those other places. But Apple is, you know, like the end-all be-all apparently of podcasting. So yeah, do that for me. I had like a really fun, I had a couple of really fun things planned, but you know, the best laid plans of mice and men So I don't know what I'll be doing for my birthday episode. So if you have any suggestions um, or something that you're dying to hear, go ahead and let me know after this episode comes out because I'm sure I won't have decided within the next four hours. (laughs) All right, you guys. So speaking of the best laid plans, this is what happened. This is what I wanted to do this week. And I wanted to do like way earlier, like last weekend, but I didn't because I ended up going home South Carolina a couple weeks ago because my friend had her baby so I needed to go home so I didn't get caught up what I wanted to do was next Food Network star season two which is the season that Guy Fieri wins and is how Guy Fieri become became like a thing like a cultural phenomenon how he became a Food Network star he won next Food Network star and I really wanted to talk about that because I've never seen it and I just want to talk about Guy Fieri for like an hour but I cannot find that anywhere. It is nowhere to be found on the internet or at least in none of like my standard places. If you know or have access to this this season of Next Food Network Star, please, 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 please give me access. Like slide into my DMs with that Google Drive link. Just let me know because I really would love to see this. So I was like, all right, can't do that. What am I going to do? Then I was like, ooh, I can do Surreal Life Season 4 because eventually I'm going to do my Fair Brady. So I want to set up the whole uh, Christian Knight-Adrian Curry relationship arc thing first, like how I did with Strange Love and then Flavor of Love. But I got really sad when I started to look at that cast list because it has so many people who have passed away recently or, you know, just like within the past several years. So it's just like, I was like, that's kind of that's kind of a downer. And I still want to do it eventually, but I just like didn't feel... I don't know. I didn't feel like I had the um, emotional fortitude to go into like the whole sad story of like China and like Vern Troyer and all of this stuff. So that's for another time when I feel stronger. Maybe I'll have a guest for that one so we can like share the burden. Um, So we're not going to do that. So then I was like, all right, what else am I going to do? I clicked onto my A&E app because I thought maybe I'll do like Dog the Bounty Hunter because this is something that I've never seen before, but it's like, you know, a cultural touchstone for a certain people that it's like I have nothing to do with. So I was like, maybe I'll investigate that. But 
When I clicked into my A&E app, I saw this show that I have not thought about in forever. I mean, I, I thought about it. I knew I was going to do it at some point on this podcast. I didn't think I was going to do it this week, but it just felt like it was calling to me. It's a show that represents a very specific time in my life. It's something that like kind of burned brightly like a flame and then just like was extinguished immediately. Um, so we are talking about Gene Simmons' Family Jewels. So this show, I watched... It was probably the first season or the second season. I'm thinking just based on the timeline of when the show came out, it was probably between my freshman and sophomore years of high school. So my eighth grade, between eighth grade and ninth grade, ninth grade and 10th grade, and I like, you know, up through high school basically, um, I would go to live in Florida for a big chunk of time in the summer because that's where my mom was. And so it was while I was living in Florida for a big chunk of time that I was like hanging out with my cousin at her house all the time and she had like on-demand television and she and I binge watched the fuck out of Gene Simmons' Family Jewels. So I think it was probably season one that we were binge watching because season two was probably airing like right around then, something like that. So it was something that I watched once at one point in my life but it like stands out to me so much but I never saw it again. I never continued watching it. I was really surprised at like the longevity of this show when I was just going into like the little background research that I did. Um, and I also was very much in love with uh, Gene Simmons' kids. I thought they were beautiful. So we'll go into all of that. But that's, yeah, that's my, that's my background with the show. It's just something that's like, I don't know, I have a couple of these where they stand out very brightly to me as one specific time in my life and that's when I watched a lot of that show and then I've never seen it since then but I can remember a lot about it or maybe I can't remember a lot about it but I just like remember it existing um like bridal plasty is one of those for me I've only seen that show one time but it like was very distinct to me so anyway uh the show premiered on A&E in August it was August 6 2007 and then it ran for seven seasons and over 150 episodes. I did not think that. I thought it was maybe like a two or three season deal, but no. It like it was a really big um a big moneymaker, a big ratings bringer inner for AE for a while. It finally ended in July of 2012. And it was kind of just um Gene Simmons' answer to the Osbournes. I have no doubt in my mind that Gene just was watching an episode of the Osbournes and decided that he could do that and like called up the people that he knows in the industry and just was like let's make it happen like what channel wants us Uh, because that's very much kind of something that at least in the first season which was the only one I had time to watch in this first season of the show it's like a plot line throughout that Gene is always working and always finding deals and is just like you know he's a marketing guru basically. So each episode features scenes of family life, um, although it's like all very, very obviously produced. I I really did want to do the Osbournes before I started to do this. Like I thought about doing this and I was like, no, I should do the Osbournes first, but I couldn't really find the Osbournes. Um, I'm sure it's out there. I just didn't bother doing the deep dive search. So it's very produced. I don't know if the Osbournes was like that. Like they always have a task to do. Gene has to go somewhere or do something. Um, there's like a different theme. There's like a little B plot or whatever each episode sometimes, but 
it's still like the family it's also interspersed with like talking heads that are couch interviews like gene and usually his wife well not wife we'll get into that his uh partner and or one of his kids or the kids together or the the mom and the kid um they'll be sitting on the couch and like you know commentary on what's happening and then what's really cool is they have little home movie clips that tie into kind of whatever's going on in the episode they find like a relevant clip from their home movies their archives going back to like you know before the kids were even born practically um up through just a few years before the episode was airing so that's always kind of cool just to see like you know the home movies from their point of view as well so as I mentioned, it's very produced. Um, some of the events that even happened on the show didn't even really occur in real life. So one of these was the finale for season three. Um, the viewers led to believe that Jean purchased the Australian football team, the Carlton Football Club. But in reality, there is no record of this team ever being sold to him. Um, also, it shows him convincing uh, this player to join the football club when in reality he'd been like playing for Carlton since he was drafted in like 1998. So um, also there have been uh, people who've been cast specifically to be on the show, like biker extras as well as a bit actor. I think <laughs> probably in one of the scenes that happened in the episode that we're talking about specifically, they were definitely a cast actors, so... That was pretty much it in terms of background. There wasn't a lot. I'm sorry if this episode is a little bit like slap shod. Like I said, I really just kind of like it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, wow, I need to do an episode by myself today. Um, so I kind of put this all together within the last couple of days. Uh, but, you know, it's been a, you've had a few long episodes to enjoy. So if this one's kind of short, then I hope you don't mind. So how I chose this episode, I watched all of season one, like I mentioned. Um, I really did not have time to go in and watch a bunch of uh, the other episodes from other seasons. But season one was kind of like what I remembered, so I kind of wanted to revisit that anyway. As a side note, I just wanted to say that the order that they have the episodes on uh, for season one, at least on A and E, like on the app, is different than what's on Wikipedia. So I'm, and I'm assuming what's on Wikipedia is correct as the actual airing order. But I wonder if what was on um, the app is like the filming order or something. Because I noticed at one point in this episode, Jean's wearing a hat that says "I am Indy" on it, and that was a whole plot point uh, for one of the episodes earlier in the season, as on the A and E app, where he went to like get a contract with the Indy 500 or something but in the airing order that happens after like as posted on Wikipedia so I don't know I don't know but who's to say but this episode that we are talking about I chose because it seemed the most iconic to actually having anything to do with Kiss because in case you don't know, because I just realized that I haven't said it, Gene Simmons, the the Gene Simmons of Gene Simmons Family Jewels, he was like the lead, uh, well, not the lead, he was like a singer and the bass guitarist in Kiss. But he was like the main makeup. Like when you think of makeup, you think of Kiss. Like you think of him when you think of Kiss makeup. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Because he has like the the black eyes and the long tongue and the, the deep widow's peak and his hair is kind of going up in a ponytail at the top of his head. He's kind of like the iconic face of Kiss. You don't think of like the cat or the stars necessarily. So um, this one had, this episode had the most to actually do with Kiss instead of just his other ventures, his other business ventures, which in addition to the indie marketing campaign, because he has like a marketing firm, uh, it also included a bull ranch, which was losing money. So then he decided to go into the bull semen business because that's big money. 
Um, what else did he have? A bull ranch. He had a bikini car wash, uh, Gene Simmons sexercise, which was like sexy exercise videos. He would just like put, basically he would put his name on anything if it could make him a dollar. So this is the one that actually had more to do with him being part of Kiss the Band than him being like a businessman. So this is season one, episode 10 on A&E, episode four on Wikipedia. So I don't actually know. And it's called The Demon Lives. So in each episode before the theme song, before it gets into it, we have like Gene kind of giving an intro, just like standing in front of this like weird background and like the camera's like below him. So he's like, you're looking up at him. It's a weird angle. And he kind of just points down at you and, and says something. So this time he says that Kiss has lasted for over three decades. For 33 years, Kiss has achieved more than you'll ever dream of. We have guitar picks older than you are, which I don't doubt. All, while all of this is happening, it's a voiceover, and we see this montage of various Kiss concert moments and things like that. He goes on to say, you've heard about the legend, it's all true. And your mommy and your sister and your girlfriend, they'll all tell you about it. Which I'm guessing is a reference to like his tongue or like his prolific sexual escapades. He claims to have slept with like over 40 600 women which is I don't even know if that's possible because he met his wife in like 1983 and they have been together and I mean I'm sure he's cheated on her but not enough to the point where he could rack up 4600 as his count and I don't think he managed to hit that before he met Shannon um so anyway uh and also he calls himself a cockroach and he cockroach goodness a cockroach (laughs) and he says that he will outlive us all So then the theme song, the theme song is this weird like rock song. I, the lyrics are all very like instantly memorizable. Like it's very easy to memorize it, but I'm not going to sing it, but you should look it up. Um, so it's just like Gene Simmons shows his wife, shows his kids. And then, oh, what's kind of cute is there's a couch gag, like the Simpsons. Um, after the theme song, it ends with him saying like, and that's why it's good to be me and then it pans out and he's on the couch and then some a different little thing happens for each episode so it's kind of cute uh so for this one the couch gag is shannon his partner because we can't say wife because they don't get married or they haven't been married yet uh she's sitting next to gene and she says you think ozzy had a book like that because he's holding this like big book thingy i don't know it was not the best couch gag to explain non-visually without the context of the rest of the uh, season. So the episode opens with some couch interviews. Uh, So Nick and Sophie are saying that some dads are like firemen, businessmen, accountants, and their dad is a fire-spitting demon. And then Shannon and Sophie are sitting together. Shannon asks, or Sophie asks Shannon what she thought the first time she saw Jean in high heels and makeup. And she says that she thought Paul was cuter says that, yeah, I had to go out with a guy who had, like, sweat, blood dripping down, like, spitting stuff, because that was whole, Gene Simmons' whole, I don't know, gimmick. And then Gene and Nick are together on the couch, and Gene is just talking about, like, back in my day when we were first starting out, blah, 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 Nick pretends to sleep. It's cute. Let me go ahead and get into the fact that I was in love, in love with Nick Simmons, I was probably actually, I'm actually Sophie's age. Sophie is like 
a few months older than me, but we were both born in 1992. Nick Simmons is, I think, like four years older than that, three or four years older than that. But anyway, he is, he is so handsome. <laughs> He's just like so cute. He was totally my type back in 2007 whenever I was watching this. Just like shaggy brown hair, kind of like musician-y, kind of skatery kind of look. Uh, tall, lanky. He's really tall. He's like 6'8", I think. Something crazy like that. Um, I just, I thought he was so cute and Sophie was so pretty. I didn't realize that Sophie was only 13 when I was watching the show. I definitely thought she was like also 16 or 17. Um, she's just like really beautiful. So anyway, I was like very much in love as a 13, 14 year old watching, <laughs> watching these kids. So, uh, yeah. Then we get a little home movie clip. It's Sophie when she was one. She is taking a bath in the sink and her hair has been kind of like shaped up into two points. And then from off camera, Shannon's calling her a little devil. Um, and it's really cute. She's like, little devil, little devil. And then they hold up a mirror for her to look in and it's just like really adorable. So then it cuts back to the actual episode or cuts in, I guess, for the first time to the actual episode. So Gene is driving down the road with Nick and Sophie in the backseat of his car. He's singing along to some song on the radio um, and then he like, you know, replays it over again and sings it back. Uh, it's some song that doesn't exist because I googled the lyrics and it's not anything real. And he tells the, uh, the kids that he has to learn the song for a new TV pilot. It's called Todd's Coma. He goes on to say that it is a show. He makes this all sound very casual, but he's like, you know, dropping names because that's what he does. He's like, yeah, it's a show that Adam Sandler's putting together. Some of he, you know, he has some of his friends, Ben Stiller, me. Uh, I, I Googled this. It looks like it was never picked up. So sorry, Gene. He was playing himself, which he says is a role that he knows very well. And then we cut over to another scene. So it kind of hops back and forth from Jean and then to Shannon and her sister Tracy. Um, I don't think she calls her this at all in this episode, but Shannon's nickname for Tracy is Turtle, which is pretty cute, but also not explained. She just, like, you have to pick it up from context because I think the first time she calls her Turtle, at least in the air, like, airing order that I saw on A&E, she, like, calls her on the phone. She's like, hey, Turtle. And I was like, who's, what? Turtle. But anyway... Uh, Shannon and Tracy are out to lunch. The restaurant is named Chin Chin, if that's of interest to anyone in LA. <laughs> um, I don't know. And Shannon tells her that she has something that she wants to tell her. She says that she's been thinking about it for a very long time. And then she's like, well, not a long, long time, because I don't have very long. And then Tracy kind of starts to freak out. She's like, wait, what are you talking about? Is someone, ha does someone have cancer? Does he have cancer? Do you have cancer? Are you dying? And Shannon's like, no, I'm dying to have a baby. So yeah, she tells her that she wants to have another baby. Cuts back over to Jean and the kids. They're pulling up into a studio lot. Uh, Jean runs over a traffic cone as he pulls in. And then the two security guards stop him. They're like, okay, sir, what's your name? Who are you? What, what are you here for? He tells them that his name is Jean Simmons and he's here to do the pilot. Uh, also, the female security guard calls him Jim Simmons. She's like, hmm, Jim Simmons, you're not on the list. He's like, no, I'm Jean. Uh, don't you know who Kiss is? And she's just like, yeah, do you have two forms of ID? Do you have like a, an electric bill, a utility bill, anything like that? Um, he's like, well, I have this Gene Simmons postage stamp, this U.S. postage stamp that if you, and at this point, mm, things get a little bit sketchy in terms of like mm, light racism. Uh, he turns to the other security guard who is of Latinx descent and he's like, 
if one of your compadres wants to go to a post office and get a Gene Simmons postage stamp for yourself, he can. So then while Gene's dealing with that, we hop back over to Shannon and Tracy, um, and they're just talking about how she wants to have a baby, but she's not sure if she can still have one. She says that she's 40 blah, 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 which is kind of cute, um, but she's not sure if her eggs are viable. So Tracy says that she has a doctor who can check her eggs. He'll tell you if they're fried, cooked, hard-boiled, whatever. Um, and then Tracy also immediately suggests in vitro, which to have the disposable income and just know that your sister has the disposable income that you can just be like, oh, okay, well, just do in vitro. Yeah, like, that's fine. Like, that's not an issue is that because you can afford the tens of thousands of dollars that it takes, which she can. I think Shannon buys, like, a $20,000 bag in one of the other episodes this first season. Uh, anyway, so Shannon's like, well, do you really think I need to see a doctor? Tracy asks if they're bonking. Shannon says, of course we're bonking. Um, and then Shannon, or Tracy's like, do you, well, is anything happening? And she's like, no. And she says this, she says it in a really weird way. She's like, I'm having completely unprotected sex. Like she kind of like squeaks on the word sex. Uh, so yeah, she's having unprotected sex, but she's not getting pregnant. So maybe she needs to see a doctor about it. Back with Jean at the studio lot, he calls the producer, Barbara Stoll. He has to tell her that there are two, he calls them security type people. He doesn't even give them the official title of security guards like I've given them. Uh, and then again, it gets like really sketchy with like the like slight racism. I'm not sure if, would we call this racism? Let me know what you think. Um, he's like, well, there are two security type people. One from Mexico who was born in America, but he speaks with an accent, but he was born here, but he lived in Guadalajara. And another young lady who's French-Canadian from Canada, but speaks English reasonably well. They won't let me in. All right, so again, like my two thoughts on this is, why are we so concerned with like people's race? And like also, why are you the actual American person who is the Mexican-American person? He's like, why does he have to call it that? He speaks with an accent when he still probably speaks reasonably well, if not fluent English. And the French-Canadian woman who, ding, 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 is white, uh, he's like, well, she, she speaks English reasonably well. It's just like weird that he needed to give his uh, commentary on that. And then the second little thing that I just wanted to add is that he calls the second security, or the first security guard, whatever number we want to give her, the French-Canadian woman, he calls her young lady, this woman is at least in her 40s, if not in her 50s. <laughs> she kind of gives him like a little like, mm, mm, kind of look when he says a young lady, so. Then it just cuts to the next scene at Jean's home. Nick and Sophie are sitting in the kitchen when Shannon comes in, and Nick proceeds to tell her about how Jean, uh, how Jean went to go film the pilot, and the security cards didn't know who he was. Nick says that he seemed really hurt by it, like he'd never experienced anything like that before. And Sophie says that it was a big blow to his ego. And then Shannon just laughs. Uh, she does call him poor poopy. Shannon has all of these weird nicknames for Jean that are also never addressed. I guess the woman just likes giving nicknames and they're just like, people can pick up. You guys are smart. It's 2006. Um, yeah, so she calls him like poopy. She calls him topo something, topo I don't know. I know there's like that spring water, isn't it? Like Topo Chico. That's what I want to say, but I'm pretty sure it's not that. Maybe it's like Topo Popo, Topo Popio. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, so she has a few nicknames for him. Poopy is apparently one of them. Poor Poopy. 
So then we cut over into a couch interview and it's Sophie telling Jean that the world is a big place and there are billions and billions and trillions, not quite so, uh, billions and billions and trillions of people. And you know, I bet only a couple million, maybe a billion people know who you are. And Jean's just kind of like doing this dead-eyed stare and then she looks at him and she's like, I'm a smart cookie. And it's, it's really cute, she's adorable. There's this also this other part that's really funny. I considered doing this episode truly just because of this one line um, where Jean uh, gives Shannon the gift of a family portrait for their un-anniversary. And so they have these costume people, costume people, wardrobe people, I guess, who come in to help them find outfits because it's going to be like this very high-class Okature uh, Mad Hatter tea party theme. And so one of the people is describing an outfit to Sophie and she's like, yeah, it's very sleek and sexy. And Sophie's like, sexy isn't good. I'm 13. (laughs) It was really cute. So then Jean is walking outside. He walks out of the house to talk to Shannon and Nick who are outside. This is obviously the next scene or whatever. Um, He's wearing this weird short sleeve kiss kiss shirt race car driver shirt I don't know if there are like types of shirts that race car drivers have but it has like a bunch of like advertisements and sponsors all over it and then it has the kiss faces in the iconic makeup on the back um which again I think is just he's wearing because of his connection to the Indy 500 so he tells him that he just got off the phone with VH1 which I could just get off the phone with VH1 uh and Kiss will be honored at the Rock Honors this year they're going to do a TV special and so he just basically is saying like people are going to know who I am again cuz I'm going to be on TV or something he's like no more of this no no more of this who are you Mr. Simmons stuff I'm on fire baby Uh in the next scene Jean is getting ready for the day I guess just putting on his regular clothes uh, in the bathroom mirror. He calls himself good looking. He always does this. Um, I think at one point he says, I recognize that I'm not really that good looking, but I I have to think I'm attractive because if I don't, who else will? Something to that effect, which I kind of appreciated. Um, So he's just preening himself in the bathroom mirror. He's pawing through his hair and starts to notice grays peeking through. So he says he needs a touch up. Uh, I'm assuming at this point he's already dyeing his hair black (laughs) instead of letting it uh, gray out naturally. I think Gene Simmons must still be doing that. Um, I never think about that until it's like right in front of my face, like his grays coming through and him getting a touch up. I didn't truly like watch the entire rest of the season and never once considered that this 57 year old man might like naturally be gray. So uh, because his hair is like jet black, like that's not natural, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm dumb. So Shannon colors his hair in the kitchen. He just says that he can't be honored with gray hair. Um, there's a little montage of like his hair getting done interspersed with some of the couch interviews. Um, Shannon and Sophie. Shannon says that daddy's hair is like his own separate person. Nick and Jean together. Nick says that it looks like a German military helmet. He also gets his nose hair trimmed, um, which is kind of gross. And also Sophie pulls out a nose hair from him like in the couch interview scene like, why would don't go up his nose when you're in front of producers and other random people? He screams also because I'm sure that hurts like a bitch. Uh, and she just kind of laughs at him. Um, and he also says at one point that everyone thinks his hair is a wig. Which I didn't think that. I tr- I didn't even think it was dyed. Like, I'm a dumbass. So, not everyone, Jean. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, next scene is just a quick little scene of Nick and Jean together in his closet. I think it's off of Jean's office, which is just like a tribute to all things Kiss. There are a million pieces of Kiss memorabilia in his office. And so this is like another just storage closet with probably years and years of Kiss costumes and I don't know, Christmas trees and stuff in there. Just all, all kinds of old stuff mixed together. Um, so they're looking for a pair of his old boots. Uh, Nick pulls down this box on a shelf and there, there they are behind them. Um, it's two giant, giant scalloped leather platform over the knee boots. Uh, it's huge. And so Jean just like is kind of like prancing around in those for a little bit. Then it cuts to the costume designers, Wendy Binbrook and Rebecca Severin. They show up at Jean's house to help him find a costume to wear for the Rock Honors. Um, I guess it's like an old costume, like one of his classic Kiss outfits that he would wear. Uh, so they need to like put it on and make sure that it still fits. So they strap him into this leather demon BDSM nightmare demon monstrosity. It's complete with spikes. It's got little like leather wings hanging off the arms. He says that it smells like he remembers it, like his ass, unwiped, he also adds. Um, gross, I wonder why. Uh, he also tells them that Queen, Def Leppard, and Judas Priest will all be at the Rock Honors as well. So that's like a, that's a good fucking lineup. I'd watch that show. I probably did watch that show. I was addicted to VH1 in 2006. And so one of the costume designers asks if he's ready to go back on stage. And he replies... Am I ready to go on stage? I was born on stage. I'm going to die on stage. And then he says in this very weird voice, he's like, I want to be on stage. Which I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know what that reference was. And so there's just like a quick little montage here of Gene strutting around in his costume. And then like as he's doing that, uh, there's a couch interview with Shannon and Tracy about cod pieces. It's just kind of like, what is a cod piece? What is it for? Does it protect you from hockey pucks? Why is the cod piece on Jean's costume so big? Um, Tracy makes a joke about catching a cod. Like, if, like we're going to catch this cod and eat on it for weeks. And then she kind of realizes what she said. She's like, I mean the fish. And uh, they all they all laugh. It's cute. They, I really like the, the relationship between Shannon and her sister. Um, aunt Tracy is like fun Aunt Tracy, even though she has a kid of her own. I always think of like the fun aunt as the childless aunt. Maybe that's just because... I'm the fun aunt, the fun childless aunt now, but um, Tracy is cool. I really like her and her and Shannon's relationship with each other. So after their little commentary about cod pieces, Gene struts around some more. He calls himself a handsome devil again. And he's doing like squats and lunges in these platforms and like this whole leather get up. I mean, it's like chaps and like a cod piece, so... It's kind of, I guess, there's freedom to move, but he's still doing like squats and shit. That I'm sure his abs, his core hurt the next day, his glutes hurt. He's like a 57-year-old man in these episodes. Um, I think it's very impressive. And he also looks like, uh, kind of gives me, what is it, Dr. Frankenfurter? Like Rocky Horror vibes, just in the, the platform leather boots, high-heeled platform leather boots, as he's strutting and lunging and things. So then here it cuts to commercial and back. And so kind of the commercial breaks are when the home movie clips come in. It's just a quick little shot of Shannon. She's pregnant with Sophie in 1992. She looks so pretty and sweet. Uh, she has on this like floral dress and her hair is cut like kind of short to her shoulders. 
Um, and she says there's 10 more days and that this is going to be the second of two, maybe three. So it kind of just ties back into her whole fertility subplot. Which, speaking of, uh, we come back to Shannon and Tracy going to see the fertility doctor. Shannon gets an ultrasound. We see this actually happen. Like, we're not seeing the wand, like, up in her, but we're seeing, like, her ultrasound happening. They see, like, a little follicle on the, um, ultrasound. (laughs) I guess I've said that word too many times in the past minute. The follicle on the screen, and the doctor explains that, you know, he can't see the eggs, but he can see the follicle, and there might be an egg in there. And then it just jumps to Shannon and Tracy together in the doctor's office. Um, Shannon just asks about the next steps. And then she asks, she's like, so what are the next steps? And then she lists all of the next steps, like, in order correctly. Uh, Wait for my cycle, come in on the second day, get some blood taken. Oh, and tell Jean, of course. So, yeah, the doctor says, yep, whenever uh, you inform Jean, you know, there are some things that he'll need to do, including, you know, a specimen, So Shannon wants to take the specimen container home that day, even though she hasn't brought this up to him yet at all. She's just like raring to go. And before they leave, a nurse gives them the container and like a brown paper bag just to put it in and seal it up, I guess, so no one has to look at it. Um, And Shannon like makes a drinking, drinking from the brown paper like bag, mime, mimes it, makes a joke. Whatever, it's fine. So then the next scene is Jean and Shannon together in bed that night and she brings up finally like I guess you know now it's about time she brings up the kids are almost out of school and you know soon one will be going away and they'll just have one in the house and uh she asks him if he wants to have more and he just looks at her like she's crazy um and she's like no come on just what's one more what's it to ya and Jean says he tries to say like oh well there's just so much going on right now and she's like, well, what did, what, what was happening the first time we had kids, the first time we had babies? And he said that he was on, well, he's like, oh, I'd go on tour and I'd come back. She's like, yeah, exactly. You were on tour. You didn't even have to do anything. And I'm like, yeah, girl, now he knows he'd have to do stuff. And he's still like working. He's just working from home now. Um, and she's like, come on, what's it to you? It's just a little sperm. And he corrects her. He's like, it's a big sperm. It's a, a monstrous gargantuan sperm. Which is, one, kind of cute, but also, like, annoying. Because it reminds me of something Andrew would probably say. (laughs) So the next day, there is a package at the door that Sophie brings in. And she tells Jean that it's his makeup. We have a little couch interview. Sophie asks Jean why he has to wear high heels and makeup to perform. And he says that bankers put on their suit and tie to go to work. So he has to put on his high heels and wear lots, lots of makeup to go to his work. Which doesn't really answer her question but whatever um so then we get like the montage of him getting into fucking drag you know I live for this this is like RuPaul's Drag Race Ooh, maybe maybe I'm gonna do that for my birthday episode that's that might be what I do okay anyway um yeah it's like RuPaul's Drag Race so it's him getting into full demon makeup he whites out his face he starts to draw the outline of the black starburst over his eyes. It's kind of interesting to like see his process because he doesn't fill in his entire face. He leaves the area around his eyes more or less blank, but he doesn't like stress out if there is some white base down where he would normally put the black. I don't know. I'm too much of a perfectionist to really deal with that kind of makeup, especially it's because it's like so distinct. You have to get it perfect each time you do it. So I don't know. Props to him. And then as he's starting to like, you know, he has his eyes done, he has his little widow's peak drawn, he's just starting to fill his lips in in black. 
Sophie comes in and brings him a red popsicle. Um, and I feel like it's going to ruin his makeup, but he starts to eat it anyway. So, I don't know. Good on him. Good on Dad for taking the popsicle. Uh, she asked to powder his face and gets, like, powder. Like, she presses it in. And I was just like, you got to get powder on the popsicle. <laughs> Watch out for the popsicle. Jean uh, asks what, he, uh, what she thinks of her dad wearing black lipstick. She asks him to put some on her, and she also is, like, playing around with his makeup brush and says it's a better brush than she has. Um, So he gives her, like, kiss makeup. He, you know, starts to do, like, the eyes. Like, he does the outline around the eyes. Um, And then she, like, he starts to fill in her lips with the black lipstick, and she looks in the mirror and says, ew, ew, that part's gross, and wipes wipes off the black lipstick. I don't know. It's just, like, a cute little father-daughter bonding moment. I really like this little scene because... One, it's just like, I don't know, I think it's the juxtaposition of the iconic, like, hard rock, kiss, makeup, persona with the soft, gentle, cuddly kind of family man that Jean is in this um, this scene, this episode specifically, that I really like. One of the other reasons uh, that choosing this episode in particular was a good idea is because Jean is so likable in this episode compared to a lot of other episodes when he is really still like a very misogynistic chauvinist pig like he just has a very gross way of objectifying women and it does not faze him that he has a young daughter or a wife that I don't know like Shannon was like a playboy model an erotic model so that's fine like that's cool but he doesn't have a very just doesn't seem like he has a progressive view like a very sex positive view it's more of like a traditional male gaze kind of view which just is not cute it's not great like he literally brings his daughter to the sex or size auditions like that's not the best so the next scene is gene coming out he's like in full-on demon drag he's got his costume on his makeup and hair done and then shannon nick and sophie are all like just in the living room on the couch uh nick asks him why he's in all of that stuff and Jean says that he needs to try it on to make it to make sure it all works before he goes to Vegas. Nick stands next to Jean, and Jean is just barely taller than him in his platform heels, with Nick in bare feet next to him. Um, he says that it's not, he doesn't like that. He's like, "You're my offspring. You're not supposed to be taller, smarter, and more good looking than me." Uh, but I mean, Nick is very tall and very good looking. Uh, then Jean starts to head back upstairs. Oh, also the dog is like pacing around and really stressed out and like doesn't know who he is. And then there's another like little couch interview where it's just Jean and the dog, but he's in his demon makeup. So I really hope the dog wasn't bothered. But I think at that point she'd gotten used to him. So uh, he's about to head back upstairs. Shannon's like, well, before you uh, take that off, can we have a meeting? And Jean looks at her. He's like, you mean a meeting? And Sophie immediately picks up on this and she's like, ew, and like slaps. Like she's like hitting her mom with a pillow, not slapping, but like, you know, just pillow fighting her a little bit. And then Nick takes a second to pick up on it. He's like, what? What? Oh no, get away from me. No, my mind. And uh, yeah. And then we get a little cute couch interview with Shannon Jean. Jean's still in his full demon makeup outfit drag extravaganza. Uh, and Shannon says, we've never really had a relationship, me and the demon. And then they exchange a look. He's like, well, not yet. So um, we don't know what kinky stuff they're going to get into tonight. 
Then a little commercial break and back, we have another home movie clip. This time it's backstage at a KISS concert. Nick, who is three years old in this clip, is leading Jean just by the hand through the hallways. I think this is at the point where KISS was, uh, they had been unmasked and they were playing without their makeup on and they were still performing without their makeup on. So he's not wearing his KISS makeup in this scene. But it's, I don't know, it's really cute, just little three-year-old Nick leading him around. So then the next scene, Jean is calling Spike, who is the pyrotechnist. He tells him to come over with all of the fire-breathing gear. Yeah, he says, bring all the gear, all of it, the sword, the flame, yeah. And so Jean is outside of his house in the driveway. He's going to practice his fire-breathing, um, and Shannon is watching slash, like, assisting him. So we get a little clip of Nick and Sophie on the couch at this point, and Sophie says that the fire-breathing stuff is cool, but it's kind of scary, and then Nick tells us that tells us that there was this incident where uh, Gene set his hair on fire. So if you are a KISS fan, you probably know this story already. It was pretty iconic when I was doing my little preliminary research. Um, so yeah, Gene's outside. He tells the story of the time. It was the first time, I believe, that he ever did the fire breathing. And I think according to Wikipedia, this is not the only time that this has happened. But yeah, he set his hair on fire. Uh, this time in particular, he had decided that he wanted to really freak the audience out. So he like styled his hair all crazy. So everything was like sticking up everywhere. And then when he brought the flame up to do his fire breathing, as Nick put it, the hairspray sent out electrons that whoosh, sucked up the fire. So yeah, he caught fire because of all the hairspray that he had in his hair. So then back in present day, AKA 2006, Shannon's like, wait, 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 hold on a second. And she like comes running out of the house and she has a fire extinguisher. She's like, yeah, just in case your hair catches fire again. So Jean takes a sip of the fuel, whatever you sip on before you breathe fire. Um, Shannon hands him the torch. He lets it rip. There's a huge fireball that comes out. Like he still has what it takes. I think I read that he is one of like the top fire breathers in the world just because of how much he's had to do this because of his act. So that's kind of cool. Like I didn't realize that beforehand. Um, and he says, look out Vegas, here I come. He's, he's ready to go. So the next scene, Gene comes downstairs and he lets Shannon know that he needs to leave for Vegas. And she asks him if he has time for a bite. Um, and then he starts to get a little frisky because that's who he is. And then she kind of uses this opportunity. She's like, oh, can you, can you do me a little favor? Uh, she gives him the specimen cup and she asks him to fill it up, kind of just like backs him into a bathroom so he doesn't have a choice. Um, there's a quick little, another quick little couch interview scene with Tracy and Shannon here where they have like another cute little sister moment. Um, Shannon's like, well, there, my mom said there are two ways you can get it. She's like, from kissing and rubbing. And then Tracy's like making a joke. She's like, I'm not rubbing him. I'm not doing the rubbing. Um, and then she's like, oh, I'll catch it though. Which I was just like, oh God, no, I don't want any part of that. And be like, you can take care of your own husband, sis. You got this. Um, so back in the bathroom, Gene's calling for Shannon. He's like, uh, Shannon, can you maybe come give me a hand? She, she brings him a playboy. It's, I think it's like one of the ones that she was on the cover of. Um, and she's like, oh, here, but you'll have to use your sense memory. And he's like, oh, no, come on, like, really, I think you can help me. Um, and then she brings him a cardboard cutout, like, of himself, one of his, like, Kiss cardboard standees, I guess, from his office, and then, like, a little Kiss doll. I don't know how these are supposed to help him get off. Maybe he's just that much of a narcissist. 
Um, and then eventually she goes into the bathroom with him and we hear her like giggling and, and muttering, talking from behind the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what's happening there. So then Gene flies to Las Vegas for the Rock Honors. We get a quick little scene of him walking through the pool area of the hotel. I believe it's a Hard Rock Hotel. Um, all the guests see him and like start freaking out, going wild. Probably also because there's a film crew there. One woman tells him to sh- he's just really rude about it. I mean, I'm sure she was drunk, but I'm just like, mm, this isn't this isn't how we talk to people. It's not how we speak to celebrities, ma'am. Uh, she's like, show me your tongue right now. He's like, no, I can't. The floor is dirty, which is a funny response. Like he probably has that one saved for when people are obnoxious like that. Um, and then he makes his way over to a pool cabana that's filled with a bunch of beautiful women in bikinis, because naturally that's where Jean's gonna hang out. One of the women asks why he's there, and he says that the VH1 Rock Honors invited him to put on some makeup, and he tells them that he'll get to wear more makeup and higher heels than they do. So now it's time for the Rock Honors themselves. Uh, We just get some, like, establishing shots from behind the scenes of the show and the red carpet, which is kind of cool. And then we get a few different red carpet style interview clips of various like bands and musicians giving their take on Gene Simmons, which I'm sure was just done specifically for the show. Um, so it's we see the All-American Rejects and the main person whose name I don't know, sorry, uh, says that Gene Simmons is a god. Rob, Rob Zombie says that Gene's very smart. That's why he likes him. Um, we see like a couple of the members of Judas Priest, uh, Ant, the comedian, I'm just kind of like giving the people that I know. That's pretty much everyone I know. Um, Also, we see a little shot of Gene backstage talking to Slash, which is cool. I recognize Slash. And then we see Kiss come out like from, you know, they're, we're kind of, I guess it's like backstage. So we see them, their walk from the green room to the stage itself, I guess is what we're seeing. Um, They're all in full like stage makeup and costume. So it's cool to see like the whole band together. It's a little bit sad that none of the other band members really had any significant airtime on the show because it kind of would have been cool to see how Gene interacted with them. But, you know, we'll take what we can get. Um, So they go on stage. We see them perform. But here's the thing. It's not Kiss music. Like, we don't get any kind of actual Kiss music performance clip whatsoever. It's all just some, like, royalty-free bullshit rock music shit, uh, which I think is hilarious. Um, It's obviously that they couldn't afford to license Kiss, but it's like Gina's the executive producer on this show, so who made the decision on what music to license here? I don't know. It's really funny, so... Um, and then we have our last little couch interview. It's Nick and Gene, and Nick asks why he why Gene chose the demon as his persona. Um, and he's like, it wasn't planned, Nick. It just sort of happened. It's probably a culmination of a lot of my childhood heroes. King Kong, and then Nathan, Nick cuts him off and says, Satan. And Gene's like, Superman, Satan. That's it. The end. So let's do the where are they now. Um, It kind of feels weird because it's like a celebrity family, but you know, whatever. Uh, So Gene, I kind of alluded to this, but Gene and Shannon finally got married on October 1st, 2011 at the Beverly Hills Hotel after 28 years together, which is a very long time. Like, mazel tov to them. They are still married. I thought I had seen something where they were like broken up, but I maybe just imagined that. So yay, good for them. Um, also in March 2011, Gene vis- visited his home country of Israel for the first time, or I think, I think for the first time since moving away as a child. Um, he definitely met his half-brother and his half-sisters for the first time. Yeah, if you didn't know, Gene is, like, 
Israeli-American. He was born in Israel. And he is the son of Hungarian is immigrants and Holocaust survivors, in case you didn't know, which is very interesting. I didn't know that until I did all this research on him. Um, Jean also supports Child Fund International and Mending Kids International Philanthropies, which is nice. Uh, not so nice. Gene Simmons is a old conservative Republican person, which makes sense, like a lot of old white men are. He apparently voted for Obama in 2008, but he regrets it, so whatever. Uh, so on November 16th, 2017, this is just one thing that was like weird that I wanted to talk about. He made an appearance on Fox and Friends to promote a new book, but shortly afterwards, he burst into a staff meeting uninvited, yanking his shirt and telling jokes. The next day, on November 17th, Fox News announced that Simmons had been banned for life from their program. Uh, so that's what, like a week, well, a week from today? A week from, yeah, a week from yesterday, I think, as as of recording date, so... Happy almost in a week. We'll we'll celebrate the anniversary of when Fox News bans uh or ban Gene Simmons for life. Oh Jesus! I almost called him Richard Simmons. Now that would be a whole nother story. Um. Anyway, that's all that I wanted to talk about for Gene. Um. For Shannon, other than being married in 2010, an episode of the series was taped uh, in her former hometown of Saskatoon. And during the visit, she was presented with an honorary street sign denoting the non-existent Tweed Lane. But then Tourism Saskatoon subsequently requested Saskatoon City Council approve the naming of a real Tweed Lane in her honor. So that happened. Um, The council approved the request, and the street is located in the neighborhood of Rosewood. So Shannon has a street named after her in her hometown. That's her little legacy now. Uh, she also has a video game featuring her voice and she appeared or it's her voice and appearance called Shannon Tweed's Attack of the Groupies. She also narrated the I can hardly speak. Sorry, you guys. She also narrated the TV series Ex-Wives of Rock, which I have never heard of. I think it's a Canadian show. So maybe I'll see if that's available anywhere and we'll talk about that at some point, you know, in like five years when I run out of content. (laughs) All right. So Nick, also um, Nick and Sophie, it's kind of nice. I think they're like legal names are uh, hyphenated Tweed Simmons, but I think professionally they generally just go by Nick Simmons and Sophie Simmons. So Nick wrote uh, and created the limited comic book series Incarnate, which was published by Radical Comics in 2009. However, in February 2010, accusations arose that he had plagiarized character designs, fight scenes, plot segments, dialogue, poses, expressions, yada, 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 um, for both professional and amateur artists, uh, including several published mangas, including Bleach, which is a big fucking deal. Like, that's a big anime, a big manga. I had a very brief but intense anime period, you know, middle school, early high school, uh, and Bleach was like my obsession in those days. Um, Also, he was accused of stealing from artists on DeviantArt, which is like, that's not great because those are generally just like amateurs, um, just either sharing their art for free for the world or trying to like build their portfolio, build their skills so that they can become a paid artist in the future. So not ideal. Uh, he responded to the accusations by stating that the similarities between the two works was intended by an homage. Um, his statement specifically said, like most artists, I am inspired by the work I admire. There are certain similarities between some of my work and the work of others. There's, uh, this was simply meant as an homage to artists I respect. And I definitely want to apologize for any manga fans or any fellow manga artists who I, who, 
feel I went too far. He misused the correct two here, so it was hard for me to read and parse. Um, my inspirations reflect the fact that certain fundamental imagery is common to all manga, which is kind of mm, kind of true. Like they all have like the spiky hair and the certain eyes. Like it's that's the style. But I haven't seen his comic book and compared it. Um, after the, all of that happened, his uh, publisher Radical Comics stopped like publishing it, and it's been out of print ever since then. Basically, um, he attended Pitzer College in Claremont, California, and graduated in 2011 with a degree in English literature. I also have a degree in English, so uh, hit me up, Nick. <laughs> uh, and also, he did some voiceover work for Robot Chicken, which is cool. I loved Robot Chicken back in the day. And in 2017, um, he or I guess as of 2017, I don't know if this was only in 2017 or just like he still does this, but he was working as a writer for the Huffington Post. And then finally, Sophie, she also attended Pitzer College in Claremont, California. She majored in computer engineering and religious studies. She also attended Pomona College where she played volleyball. In January 2012, she lent her name to Sophie's Place, a partly government funded child advocacy center in Canada. Um, she also auditioned for the X Factor season two. She made it to the boot camp stage, but was eliminated. In 2014, she launched a body positive clothing line for the Style Club. And most recently, she's been focusing on music. So in 2015, she released her debut single, which was a cover of Sixpence None the Richer's song, Kiss Me. Everyone, everyone knows that song. If you don't think you know that song, you know that song. Go look it up and you know that song. Um, and then in March 2017, she collaborated with the DJ duo Yellow Claw for a song on their album. She was a lyricist and vocalist on their track Home. And then in 2018, she released three singles, Black Mirror, Burn Me Down, and Paper Cut. Um, so that's kind of just what she's been up to with her own her own original music. And so that's it. That's that's what the family's been up to. They're just, They seem like they're doing well. Uh, you can keep up with Nick and Sophie on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah. So is this show, does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? Now, this show really surprisingly does not hold up that well. Like it is really jarring to watch this man be so gross and sexist. And he's also very much like one of those guys that's like, you're not gonna date my daughter until she's 30 or she, she's not dating until after she's already married not like to that extent but kind of those sort of vibes and it's just like the people who are like that it seems like they're always like that because like they're like I know how men are because they are also a disgusting man <laughs> like who just has no self-control and is a bad example of like what healthy masculinity can be and like healthy male sexual expression and romance and shit like that I don't know what I'm trying to say you know what I'm trying to say I feel like I do know what I'm trying to say I'm just not expressing it well I'm not articulating it well and it's just like sexism it's very of 2006 it's very, that just mid-2000s kind of sexism that just it just doesn't it just wouldn't hold up it just doesn't hold up in 2019 now this episode that I watch I think it holds up fine I think it's like a classic episode of like a cute little family reality tv show it's an interesting dynamic that the family has it's an interesting story that the family has like everyone in the family is generally pretty likable in fact Gene is the least likable person in the family but he's still likable and he's still like the star um this episode does but I think overall because so much of it goes into like he's such a a womanizer and like I don't know so I feel like it also has rubbed off on the kids in not so great ways like Nick is very aware of just like oh he loves boobs like I'm, in one 
couch interview he and Sophie had, he was like, oh, here's what dad loves, like, boobs, money, us, and, like, they were, like, at the bottom of the list or whatever. Um, Sophie refers to women as sluts and whores a few different times, so that's not great either, because she didn't mean it in an empowering 2019 kind of way. So, that all of that just really didn't sit well with me. It really did, I didn't remember it at all, and it just kind of blew, blew my hair back, blew my wig off, but... Otherwise, Nick and Sophie and Shannon, they're all really fun to watch. They all have a cute little dynamic. In the scene, like, the episodes where Jean has nothing to do with, like, women, (laughs) which are not that many. There's not a lot of those. Or, like, his relationship with Shannon and how he doesn't want to get married because that's another thing. Like, he's very much just, like, anti-marriage, whereas Shannon obviously wants to get married. Uh, It's not – that's not great to watch. Um, But – the family dynamic is fun and it's worth a rewatch if this is something that you watched back in the day or if you are a Kiss fan, I would definitely recommend it because it is very interesting to see the man behind the makeup and behind the persona and behind the whole shebang of the stage, the performance aspect and just see him with his family and kind of like who he is at his core. Also, when he talks to his mom on the phone, like it's really sweet. All right, guys, I think that's it. I think I... I said everything I need to say in that last little bit. So um, thank you all for listening. Please give me a five-star rating and review. Please, please do that for my birthday next week. I would really love that if I got a few more nice reviews. Um, Tell your friends, tell friends who are interested in reality TV that I am out here. I'm on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. Or you can follow my personal Instagram at really underscore Riley. Riley is spelled R-Y-L-E-E, by the way. I realize I've never spelled it out for you guys because I just figured you could look at the episode description. But not everyone does that, and not everyone has certain um, abilities to look at that. So in case you need it spelled out for you, it is really R-E-A-L-L-Y underscore R-Y-L-E-E. And you can email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, I will talk to you soon. Let me know if you have any suggestions or things that you want to hear. It might not be next week because I think I am going to do RuPaul's Drag Race if I can find the episode in the seasons that I want to watch. But otherwise, have a nice day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.